This is Will Friedle, the voice of the future Dark Knight, Batman Beyond. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. And remember a few things. First, Dana deserves better. And second, I am Batman. His name is Zeta. He's kind, gentle, and also a top-secret military weapon. He's made a decision. I will not destroy anymore. Now, with the whole world chasing him. Please help. He's on the run with his only friend. I'm equipped with a built-in credit card. I can generate as much money as I need. You are so taking me shopping. The Zeta Project. Welcome, everyone, to episode 219 of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me, as he always is, is Cal. Cal? The still poorly named Future Month continues here. <laughs> and uh, for better or worse, we're back with another Zeta Project review this week. You know, we have an ad now at the beginning of our podcast. We should really consider taking the uh, pennies that we have made off of that and uh, invest in a focus group and test uh, <laughs> test out future future names for months. Because this one is is not uh, is not our not our best. I'll say that we're working on some on some other stuff that I think is uh, is better better titled. But yes, yes, future month continues, and for better or for worse, as you mentioned, we have another Zeta project review. Um, again, if you've tuned into these, thank you because there aren't many of you that listen to them. We're we're currently strategizing and figuring out how we can still call ourselves the DCAU review and inflict as little pain upon you, the listeners, <laughs> and our us uh, in having to subject uh, weekly or multiple weeks in a row of this, uh, this, this show being reviewed because it's, uh, it's not very good. But we will continue, nonetheless, as we have uh, promised for this month at least with our next Zeta Project review with the episode Remote Control, Liam, which uh, originally aired back here in the States on the Kids WB back on February the 10th, 2001, meaning we just uh, just a few months ago passed the 21-year anniversary of this uh, episode's airing. That's right, Cal. And this is the IMDb synopsis brought to you, of course, by the Pod Tower YouTube channel, uh, YouTube channel where you can find every episode of our show as well as content from other great DCAU content creators. I can go up there and subscribe to us. It doesn't just help us out and uh, give us a, yeah, give us a, give us a subscription there and then like the videos that all helps bump us up in the algorithms and all that. But yeah, go ahead and subscribe to the pod tower. And, and in the meantime, I will present us with our synopsis for remote control, which is written by Ralph Saul directed by Kurt Gaeta. There's a name we know. Mm -hmm. um, music by Christopher Carter and Michael McQuistian and animation by Coco. And that synopsis reads as such. Z and Ro go to a place where Selig used to work searching for a lead. An awards show will be taking place showcasing new inventions. One person has invented a remote control and uses it on Zeta. Mm. not exactly a synopsis in my book that was a that was like a dissertation on uh on the episode too too lengthy too many words 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After uh... a paragraph, we just asked for a brief synopsis. Man invents remote control that, <laughs> that, that is able to control Zeta and make him do things against his will. That's Ro right. Roe has to race to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yes, that is the long and short of it, Cal. As we get into our plot here, uh, Roe and Zeta are still on the hunt for the uh, Dr. Selig, who we learned the name of in the previous episode. They go to this facility where he used to work, which is some sort of, uh, I don't know, some, some sort of research and development lab. And, and uh, there seems to be some technical difficulties going around as they try to find out if Dr. Selig is still there. Uh, they find out, one, that no, he isn't there, and also that, uh, that the technical difficulties were caused by one of the residents of this uh, facility, uh, this, this kid named Bucky. Uh, who is uh, causing all kinds of havoc as a result of the, I guess, the uh, head, headmaster of this facility. I don't know if, if we ever get like a, a name uh, of what this guy's position is exactly, but uh, the man in charge has, I guess, banned him from entering his, his technology into this upcoming uh, science awards show. <laughs> that is, uh, of course, you know, one of those. Yeah, they... And, uh, What is it? Are you trying to get thrown out? No, I was trying to show you that the inductance controller works. This baby's the ultimate remote. You just load in any schematics and it runs the device. Uh, could we just... I know how it works, Bucky, but you're still banned from the Innovation Awards because of behavior like this. That's not the reason. You're up to something. I know you're an imbecile, but even you must get how cool this thing is. What did you say? He said, I know you're an imbecile, but even you must get how cool this thing is. How did you? <laughs> what did I say about doing that? <laughs> ah, great impression. Huh? Hey, it's obvious you do have a lot to hash out. So as long as that computer's working, you think you could look up a name for us? And uh, in the process, uh, Zeta sort of inadvertently gives himself away uh, when he repeats uh, exactly what uh, the kid Bucky said to one of the adults back to him in Bucky's own voice. So there's uh, there's some uh, Bucky immediately is suspicious, but Zeta and Ro leave and they go to uh, recharge in a, in a hotel that night. And as uh, Zeta shuts down, we cut back to Bucky and he is uh, he's looking and he, he just couldn't, uh, couldn't get this image out of his head. And so he does some sleuthing and I uh, was, was he hacking here or does the NSA just have like a, public website that he was that he was on do you think um i i guess it was intimated that he was hacking uh but it was just that it was not clear so therefore uh i don't know it's uh it was poorly poorly described as many <laughs> this episode seemed to be as to just how he was able to get into the nsa's in uh, database to discover also this just goes to show i we talked at the beginning of the of the series why Zeta picked this personality and like visual to, mm -hmm. to choose to be. But at this point, he's a robot that can change himself to look like anybody. As we see at the very beginning of this episode, he if he knows that the NSA is on the lookout for him, why would he not change what he looks like that that? makes little too much sense very good question cal yeah i don't uh, i was thinking about that too and the obvious answer is it's because they don't want to do a thousand different uh character designs for one character mm -hmm. 
but that's budgetary not... reasons right right. <laughs> right but that's not our fault <laughs> and it's not uh it's not the fault like they're the the people that made the show the writers the uh created this idea bob goodman the showrunner the idea is he can change into anyone there are no limitations uh, put on him there's no he doesn't have like some sort of virus that makes him revert back to this one form over and over again like you can write your way out of this if you really wanted to but they don't so he just sort of voluntarily goes back to this one form that many people have seen him in including the government who is constantly on his tail although they don't really show up in this episode um nope. despite zeta publicly attacking people at this awards show uh, in a couple minutes here but uh <laughs> in, in a facility that says no trespassing by the way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah no 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 uh no nsa or agents uh on uh on on the on the run this week so yes uh, as mentioned so bucky figures out that zeta is this z8 infiltration unit and uh I guess downloads the schematics to uh, to Zeta's blueprints and because uh, those are also readily available on the yeah <laughs> on the on the net. Why why wouldn't they be? Yeah. And uh, and Bucky is able to then we see Zeta who is powered down to try to recharge back in the hotel room. He suddenly darts awake and and it is very quickly aware that he's not in control of his action. Uh, Ro tries to stop him, but of course can't because he's this all powerful robot and. He escapes, he steals a car, and uh, all, he t- all he can tell Ro is that he is headed east. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is all we know. And uh, as we, so we find out that, uh, that Zeta is going back to this, uh, this facility and, uh, and that Bucky is, uh, is in control of him despite Zeta's best efforts. Titanium alloy, Corblet axiom construction. Where are all the cool weapons you're supposed to have? Where's the plasma rifle and the long-range grenade launcher? I threw them away. I don't hurt people anymore. Oh, well, you still got some cool stuff in you. Whoa, where are you going? How are you doing this to me? Any circuit emits its own inductance, right? I just loaded your schematics into my controller. You found your inductance and took control of you. Simple, really. Be a boxer. Be a ballerina. Be me. Gosh, you're handsome. Uh, yeah, I know it feels like we're breathing, breathing through this plot here, Cal, but there's not really much to it. And so from there, once once Bucky has Zeta in control. We are we are headed off to this uh, this awards show where uh, where Roe and Bucky and uh, the the rest of these uh, scientists working on these awards all kind of come to a head. Yep, and uh, we see that that Bucky is is not only not only there and as as you mentioned he's banned uh, the lead professor has banned him from participating in the contest so he's there to take out uh, revenge on his competition so he sabotages several other people's inventions uh, with the help of Zeta under his control forcing Zeta poor Zeta to destroy and be a mean bully to all these other nerds that are creating uh, <laughs> cr- creating weird science 
indescript uh, science projects. And uh, so after he sabotages it, Roche shows up. She uh, is also easy, easy for her. Big signs on this chain link fence that she passes through that has a zeta like shape cut out of it as if we're watching a looney tune <laughs> and uh and as she gets through and uh it easily breezes through any sort of security there's uh she happens to uh to to run into our uh our our dr tanner the uh the, as you mentioned the headmaster the head professor of the uh the college where bucky is attending and uh, she tries to get his help looking for for Bucky as she's deduced that uh, Bucky may in fact be uh, possibly actually she she's asking specifically about Zeta first and then she notices Bucky peering out from behind a uh, behind a curtain and he's holding in his hands this remote that he had used to make everything go haywire and give through a whole bunch of exposition in the first scene uh, the the little breadcrumbs that that has Ro re- recognize and realize that uh, he might be the one that's causing this malfunction in Zeta. So uh, she's able to track him down behind this curtain and confront him. And he does, in fact, reveal to her that he is in control over over Zeta. And just as uh, just as it appears that uh, she, that she may be about to convince him or attempt to convince him to stop doing what he's doing, there's a distraction as we see Dr. Tanner taking the stage and it's revealed just why he didn't want Bucky at this award ceremony. And it's because wouldn't you know it? He's a, he's a uh, skeevy guy that takes credit for other people's inventions. And uh, he is on the stage about to do a presentation for this remote control and, uh, and take credit for Bucky's invention. And this sends Bucky just over the edge. So he decides to, uh, to send Zeta out to interrupt the proceedings Zeta complete with his new wrist saws uh, starts marching towards the, uh, the the front of the stage and begins chasing down Dr. Tanner. Uh, so he starts running away and he, Dr. Tanner, by the way, has his own version of the remote. So Roe chases him down and begins inquiring just how they might be able to use this version of the remote to override Bucky's version of the remote. And uh, Dr. Tanner gives more exposition for things that we already knew, which is that they need the schematics in order to do it. And in order to get the schematics, they'd have to download them first. Meanwhile, Zeta is like zombie walking towards them for so this guy is a, is a, is a killer robot can definitely run. And it's intimated at times that he can sort of resist it or put up some sort of resistance. So maybe that explains it. Part of it, I guess. I don't know. But at no point does Zeta run. He just sort of like Frankenstein walks for the entire episode uh, in in the slow speed chase scene. Uh, Except for this scene as they're coming down the hallway, which he decides to finally run. And uh, they come to a dead end. The doctor is uh, attempting to get through the uh, get through the door. Finally, does uh, uh, seemingly escape. So it's at this point that the doctor's actually cornered, and uh, Bucky uh, is basically about to kill uh, Doctor Con- Doctor Tanner with uh, with Zeta's new wrist laser that we didn't know that he was also equipped with. So Doctor Tanner's hiding under a desk, and Zeta is slowly walking about to kill him begging Bucky not to make him kill somebody as he's sworn off killing as he's uh, and, and, and trying not to, to kill this poor professor. 
And uh, well, right at that moment, Ro finally steps in and she's able to take control as she somehow was able to get the schematics and she can now control Zeta 2. So there's this battle between the two of them with the remotes. And now they both have control and it's a tug of war over who's going to control Zeta first. Uh, and so uh, in true tug of war fashion and being able to outsmart, even though he's a, uh, a brilliant teenage scientist, Roe outsmarts him by uh, thwarting him through gravity. And she finally, in this tug of war, kind of lets go of Zeta's control. Zeta falls backwards on top of Bucky and Bucky throws the remote in the air and it lands and breaks. So uh, that's, that's the end of the remote. And then uh, as, as, uh, as Zeta is no longer under control of Bucky, he gets up and lends a hand to, uh, to the, the doctor who at this point has already confessed on a screen that was broadcast to the entire award ceremony that not only did he steal Bucky's invention, but he steals all of his inventions. Please, Bucky, stop this. No! What do you want? Admit it. You stole my invention. Alright! Yes! I stole your invention! You stolen all your ideas! You're just a parasite! Yes! I'm a parasite! I stole them all! And you're gonna get everything you deserve. <laughs> It's at this point that uh, that that Bucky has a little bit of remorse and says that he wasn't ever going to try and kill Dr. Tanner. He only wanted to scare him enough so that he could would confess. And uh, and Zeta doesn't take too kindly with this and his wrist saws come back and he walks towards him and he threatens him and promises, uh, makes him promise that he's never going to do something like that again. So Bucky does. And. That's kind of the sunset on the episode. As we walk out, uh, Roe asks Zeta what they should do with this extra remote, and Zeta snaps it in half. Roe jokes with him that uh, it would have been fun to keep it, but uh, they drive away into the sunset. And mercifully, this episode is over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a uh, it is a, a pretty uh, lackluster ending there, I would say. Um, yeah, ending so, our whole episode because I, yeah, I would argue lackluster, lackluster, not a great one. Maybe bottom, bottom of the barrel when it comes to to episodes uh, of of any program that we've watched. <laughs> Two hundred and eighteen prior episodes here. You know, like I understand, like because we've talked about this. The first couple episodes are very much taken after the Fugitive or the old Incredible Hulk series. It's this guy on the run because he's wrongfully accused and he's trying to clear his name, but he has to keep running and all that. And he meets some wacky characters in every new location he goes into. It's like, but like we're three episodes into this series and they've already like deviated from that. And this was just like this one. I mean, other than at the start of the episode, they're in this facility because 
they think Dr. Selig works there and it turns out he just used to work there. Like there's not really much of that, that through line at all here. And so we just, we're, we're this early in the series and we're already sort of, we're bored with it already. We're already like moving to look for like wacky one-off we got to do side quests, man. We got to get, got to, got to make this thing last 13 episodes or whatever this ungodly series is. I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it feels, I guess you're breaking the norm. At least it's not the formulaic. Well, your princess is in another castle type storyline here where you're constantly chasing this creator down, but this had, it, it just felt like, thankfully it's less than 22 minutes It's 18 minutes, 18 minutes <laughs> of runtime of just, spinning your wheels you got to at least have some sort of action and i get it we've talked about it also before uh, bob goodman's original idea for this series was n- not what ended up being produced and directed and put on the screen because he had an idea for something much darker and unfortunately this is this is geared towards children but it's done in that way that you know so many of those cartoons in the in the 90s and early 2000s were where you almost insult the intelligence of the children watching the episode it's like there's there's no where's the action here where's the where's the tension Mm -hmm. tension is oh is zeta gonna kill somebody like is it like i guess but like it's even it's even convoluted at the end where they throw in this curveball at the very end that actually the doctor isn't that that good a person and maybe actually he deserves this sort of treatment because Mm -hmm. he's feeling these inventions it's like well what why why do we have to create this weird conflict as if there's some sort of moral high ground here for bucky because you know his his inventions being stolen no this kid is a they're he's bad he's trying to he's trying he hacked and is using the main character for his own personal gain and gets a slap on the wrist at the end of it but we're (laughs) supposed to feel like there's some sort of justifiable reason for him to take over zeta oh because his invention's getting stolen and actually the big bad professor is actually the bad guy like i get it but that's that's been done so many times in the DCAU by this point. How many how many corporate or like main <laughs> overlord characters that have that are just the evil guy, uh, and have you you have to create these these other characters that have these you know shades to them. Like a thirteen year old or fourteen year old, however old this kid is supposed to be. Like I don't need him to have shades of gray in this <laughs> in this in this storyline. Like he can be the bad guy. He's the bad guy for hacking zeta let him get punched in the face at the end or slip on a banana peel or whatever solution it is but we don't have to make it like there's some sort of uh, um you know uh, justification for his for his behavior or like like i said shades of gray so i i didn't like this episode it was boring as all get out for the most <laughs> part half of it is watching zeta like walk around like i said like a zombie uh, it, it like you said it deviates completely from what we're if the plot is we're supposed to find zeta's creator and that's what it is and you only have 13 episodes anyway why do we have to deviate here for this use this hacking storyline with something else like use use it with uh more tension some some sort of like end of the world scenario some something that's more than just like oh he might kill this 
professor, but it would be okay and justified because the professor is stealing other people's stuff. Like, no, mm -hmm. I don't want to see that. Uh, gave this uh, score a one out of 10 for plot. Wow. <laughs> Did not like this at all. Yeah, I think to me, the only vaguely interesting element of this is, and we'll talk about it later in voice acting, is Zeta pleading with the kid to not make him hurt people because that's the last thing he wants to do. It's the whole, it's the whole episode of Beyond where this character debuted. It's every episode of this show, right? He says it at the start of the show every week. He was created to destroy. He doesn't want to destroy anymore. Mm -hmm. That's like that's the only like interesting thread of this. Mm -hmm. And so weighing it down with like, yeah, some, some, the, the whiz kid takes control of him to get revenge on the professor for stealing his idea. And then, yeah, the, I don't know. It just like, there's, there's a nugget of something interesting in here, but to have it kind of waste on that, you could have even, I think if you, if you take out the element of the kid, if you want the kid to be sympathetic you can have him, you know, act out and be sort of a brat and sabotage the the facility that we see at the beginning. But then what if he like he figures out who Zeta is, but rather than taking control, like he goes to Zeta and Ro and and asks them to help him like prove that this is his invention. And then it's more like a spy caper and they're trying to trick the professor into getting rid of it. Like that's not Sure. That's still kind of wacky and silly and not very high stakes, but at least to your point, that wouldn't be, that would be, that would actually make uh, Bucky a little bit more of an interesting or sympathetic character. And there's more of a, like a, a real, a real villain getting their comeuppance at the end there. So yeah, uh, overall, I don't believe I said my score yet. I, I gave it a three out of 10. Um, so I did not like it too much myself. Um, not, but clearly I liked it a little bit more than Cal did. Um, and yeah, so just uh, kind of a swing and a miss here. And, uh, and we will move on from there to our second category, Cal, which is uh, visuals. Um, as, as we sort of talked about, not a, not a heavy action episode. We have the, that, that bit where Zeta is like breaking out of the hotel and he like falls down the, uh, the drainage pipe. I thought that's kind of wacky and, and steals the car. And then we have, yeah, we have, we have his, his buzzsaw hands. <laughs> that's, that's most of the tension, the, the, the physical or, or visual tension is uh there. I think that, that one spot where, where Roe and the professor close the door and the, and the buzzsaw is kind of stuck in the, in between the doors. And then all of a sudden the buzzsaw starts going again and they have to kind of dodge out of the way. I think that's, that's kind of fun and has like a little horror movie motif there for a second, but sure. uh, not, not a ton to write home about. I didn't notice anybody being like off model or anything, but uh, as far as an episode goes, I like, I like that Zeta has like little sad eyes while he's being controlled. They like turn the eyes upside down. To yeah, let you we, know that he's sad about being uh, mind controlled. We talked about that at the beginning of, uh, of the first review that we did of Zeta, which you can hear in the archives at dcaureview.com versus his initial appearance on the Zeta episode of Batman Beyond. Um, he, 
adding the the like pill shaped head for him the uh the osmosis jones or whatever that character <laughs> osmosis, i think of osmosis jones every time i see his character yeah. model but uh adding the uh the pill head for him as opposed to the horseshoe head gave him the opportunity to show more emotion and while i i don't love it more i understand why and and it certainly uh, does a lot in in this episode to to drive that point home that he's really not happy about the fact that he's being hacked and somebody's attempting to use his his uh, powers for evil. So yeah, I, w- I would agree with you. Uh, there are a couple other notes I I had. Uh, there's one one bit where right after he's uh, he's kind of brought him into the fold, Bucky realizes that uh, he can he can change his form uh, at, at will. So he makes him turn into a boxer and he's kind of uh, Zeta's original form, but with like a little bit of Rocky Balboa look to him. He's got like a black eye or Rocky Marciano. I'm not sure. One of those old timey boxers uh, or one of the not, not that Rocky Balboa was, but uh, <laughs> You know, either Rocky Marciano, real boxer or Rocky Balboa, fake boxer. And then he turns him into a ballerina and then he makes him change into him Um, earlier on in the episode. Also, I kind of thought it was funny uh, as they're as they first enter the uh, the college uh, they're when they're looking for the the doctor, he he volunteers. uh, He's you know, they they are trying to figure out Z and Roe are trying to figure out what story they're going to tell in order to pass as to why they're looking for his creator. And uh, he says that uh, she says, Oh, you can tell him you're a, a distant relative of his. And so he tries to put a form together using what his creator looks like, and then like making him younger and somewhat resemble him. And uh, he's like, like this. And and she immediately tells him, yeah, that would be a good idea if, if the security guard hadn't already seen you like, so switch back. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, and like, there is, there is some hijinks that occurs as he's like smashing the other nerds uh, d- inventions at the science mm-hmm. fair and then, uh, you know, destroying things. And as I said, I, I, as much as low tension as it is, his zombie walk and or his Frankenstein walk, I think is pr- is pretty effective to show that he's sort of, uh, I guess, putting up somewhat of a of a fight against this uh, remote control that's working against him. And then uh, lastly, they uh, they chose to to go with an. I guess this is slightly before did the digital animation. I don't know if these were done in digital animation or not. I do you know? Uh, I think this would be because uh his episode of beyond is uh it's in digital animation okay. season and by the time this season is airing this season i think actually paralleled to the last season of beyond so okay. we would definitely be in the the digital animation era even then it's not cgi so it's still hand-drawn digitally but the the scene as they're running down the, the hallway uh, I thought that that was the, the choice not to do painted backgrounds and sort of animate the walls and animate uh, the uh, the pathway that they're running down to try and chase uh, they being Z and Bucky as they're chasing Roe and the professor down this hallway. Uh, I thought that that actually, albeit brief, it was uh, animated pretty well. It looked, looked pretty good for a show that didn't have a, a real high budget. I did notice one reused explosion. I think it was a Superman, the animated series explosion that was used uh, late in the episode but uh, they did use an original explosion as well so um yeah not uh not a ton of action as we mentioned not a lot to uh f- 
to really write home about here, but uh, yeah. So I, I went with just the middle of the road. I didn't think there was anything offensive. And as you mentioned, nobody off model, nothing really looked bad. So uh, I just went with the middle of the road, five out of 10 for my score. Yeah. Same, uh, same for me, actually. I went five out of 10 as well. Uh, I did notice with the, the flipped up hair that Bucky uh, reminded me of Jimmy Neutron a little bit. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that's intentional because I'm pretty sure this actually predates uh, 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 Jimmy Neutron. But maybe Jimmy uh, you Neutron know. was inspired by this episode of the, the Boy movie. Genius. Well, as we'll get to in voice acting, there is a Nickelodeon connection to that character. All but, right. Uh, we will get to that in just a moment, Cal. But first, we will, of course, talk about the music. Uh, this week, we have Christopher Carter and Michael McQuistion, two-thirds of the Dynamic Music Partners group. And got to be honest, the only real notes I have for music are in that that first scene uh, where Zeta's kind of taken over. I thought I thought there was some good, like, uh, like tension-building music in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of builds into the more, you know, you know, faster paced music as he breaks out of the room and, and jumps down onto the street and all that. But uh, other than that, I don't have a ton of notes uh, for music this week. Yeah, I only had three total. I had that same exact one as the, the as Bucky takes over. There's some some good synth and and uh, some kind of weird sciencey music sounding in the background. Um, and then, uh, it actually kind of kicks in as he, as he kind of, uh, begins trying to hold on to the, the, the wall inside the hotel and is being dragged away. So, uh, it does build up the tension in that scene. I thought it was pretty effective. Um, and then I think the, there's music later in the science fair scene that, that stood out again, very synthesizer, very techno, um, and, uh, just, just kind of goofy and nothing, nothing that was, uh, that was too serious or memorable or hummable. But, uh, and then lastly, the, the chase scene, uh, as we mentioned, the, the pursuit of with Zeta and Bucky going after the professor and Roe trying to help him escape. I thought that the, the music in that at least, uh, again, added to the, the tension and, and certainly the atmosphere of the, uh, the scene. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's nothing, uh, nothing terrible. I, could argue even though uh, I'm about to give it the same score as my visuals that it was the strongest thing of the episode uh, some some pretty <laughs> good compositions but it does kind of get lost in the goofiness of the episode uh, for that reason I gave music a five out of ten yeah I, uh, I ended up giving it an exact same score as five out of ten as well uh, nothing particularly uh, great I thought but uh, you know it, it, it all it played its part it's it did what it could to add to a pretty lackluster story. I think it's safe to say so. Yeah, no, no complaints, uh, even if there isn't necessarily anything uh, spectacular to write home about either in either of our musical scores, Cal. And from there, that will bring us to our final category, which is, of course, uh, voice acting. Not a huge cast this week to talk about. Really only two guest stars as, in addition to our main actors. I will just mention... Uh, as mentioned, the voice of Bucky, uh, we have uh, his name is Ulysses Quadra, fantastic name, uh, <laughs> who played uh, played the character of Twister on Rocket Power, most famously, who also had a little flip up uh, of orange hair on the front of his head. So maybe a little visual uh, nod to that character as well there. But, uh, but yes, uh, he is... <laughs> He is, uh, I mean, he sounds like a kid actor and I assume that's like a legitimate accent that he has. He wasn't putting it on. So 
the character didn't look particularly uh, uh, Latino to me because he has like orange hair. Right. Yeah. But uh, he his has name is bit, Bucky. Yeah. Yes. So he didn't really. You know, obviously, there's nothing. It just kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I, I guess I kind of settled into it. But again, especially by the end where maybe we're supposed to feel a little bit of sympathy for him or, you know, he's supposed to be selling like he's really kind of gone off the deep end and he's and, you know, we don't really get that reveal until the last second that, oh, he was never really going to try to get Zeta to kill anyone anyway. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think he does like a, a terrible job, but I don't think he does a particularly great one either. And maybe that's just some of the the risk you run with the uh, with with the younger when you cast a a younger actor in a show like this yeah i wasn't a fan i thought that everything he delivered i didn't think he delivered anything bad but i thought that everything was done in the same tone and kind of had the same same general notes about it so um it didn't and when he was supposed to be mad it sounded the same as when he was supposed to be you know kind of happy or excited about terrorizing uh terrorizing his this professor it it didn't he didn't come across with like a hint of evil about him he just it it everything was just kind of one note in my opinion so didn't love the uh the performance mm-hmm. from, uh, from ulysses yeah and then elsewhere we have uh stuart pankin or ponkin perhaps as uh as the uh, the other professor of the episode uh dr dr tanner um, again, I don't really feel like he gets a lot. He doesn't get much to do, even though he ends up sort of, we have the little twist at the end that he's kind of a, a shifty guy and, and everything. I guess he plays a coward pretty well. Um, when he, uh, when, uh, when Roe is trying to get the, the second remote control to work and, and he's just sort of completely, uh, you know, flummoxed by the whole situation and can, and can barely answer her. I think he, he, uh, he does a pretty good job in that scene, maybe, but nothing too great to write home about in, in his performance. And uh, Stuart Pankin's another one of those guys who, you look that guy up, you've definitely seen him before. Um, <laughs> a lot of guest starring roles in, in like smaller roles in, in various projects. But uh, but yeah, he's, uh, it's it, like, I don't, again, I don't think he does a bad job, but maybe, maybe he gets a little bit, maybe if we had let him stretch his more... Uh, comedic muscles a little bit more we could have uh, we could have had a little bit more fun this week yeah I, I didn't i didn't have any notes for anything that stood out for me as far as good or bad so sure just okay <laughs> yeah that's uh i think that's totally fair and then of course we have our two leads we have wait a minute you're gonna miss earl bowen oh that's that's fair we do have uh we do have earl bowen uh just very briefly um, who folks might uh, might famously uh, know, prob- probably most famously uh, from his role in the uh, in the Terminator films. Uh, although he, I, I honestly, I I, ha- I didn't notice until I looked at the IMDb that he was even in the episode. So he, I knew uh, it was his voice just because it's so recognizable, and it is just brief. It's the it's the alter ego that Zeta uses to smash the uh the one the one invention and he asks if it passed the three bonk test and uh then he proceeds uh, as the (laughs) the person that invented it is sort of flummoxed uh he begins to show what the three bonk test is and that is he smashes it with three fists so the system then combines the data from all these sources summarizing the full atmospheric and seismic spectrum into a single quantifiable unit 
Very impressive. But has it passed the three-bonk test? The three-bonk test? Is that one of the... <gasps> oh, look at that. Guess it was unstable. Better luck next year. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's the only reason why it stood out to me is because his voice is absolutely recognizable, of course. Mm-hmm. I think we last heard him as uh, Simon Stagg. So, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Very recognizable. Very good point there. And then would have uh, would have been remiss not to mention him. So a good, uh, good catch by you there, Cal. And then, yes, we have our... Our two lead voice actors here, we have Julie Nathanson as Roe and Diedrich Bader as, as Zeta once again here. And again, I think their performances are continuing to be the only thing I really find myself enjoying about this. Absolutely. About this show. I think they, they have, again, they have great chemistry together. I believe that Roe really cares for Zeta and is genuinely worried for him when he's when he's running away. As Z is sort of uh, you know pleading with with Bucky not to make him you know go back on this vow to to not hurt anyone and everything like that's that's the like we said that's probably the best thing in the plot and I don't even know if it would be that uh, memorable from a plot standpoint if you didn't have uh, you know uh, Diedrich Bader and 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 Miss Nathanson uh, play in those roles because that's that to me is the the best stuff here. No, I, absolutely. And unfortunately for most of the episode, they're separated. So you don't get, mm-hmm. you don't get as much of the, uh, the chemistry, you get a little bit at the beginning and then you get a little bit at the end, but unfortunately most of it is, uh, is, is between Bucky and, and Zeta and, uh, and Roe and Dr. Tanner. So you don't get as much of them playing off each other, which of course robs you from some of that enjoyment on their own. They're great together. They're great. Uh, but just not a lot. I didn't think there was w- one thing that stood out necessarily uh, other than, as you mentioned, Zeta's plea that he sworn off killing people. And then, as you mentioned, uh, at, at Rose uh, continued expression of, of caring deeply for, for Zeta and, and helping him to keep that oath. So uh, yeah, they're, they're perfectly fine in this episode. I wish we had gotten a little bit more interaction between the two of them. Uh, but uh, that would have required uh, probably a better plot. So it's not, <laughs> definitely not their fault. Absolutely, Cal. So I guess that will bring us to our scores for this. And like I said, I like our, our two leads as I, as I have pretty much every week. But uh, um, unfortunately, I think our, our villains kind of let us down in this week's episode. And I ended up settling on a, a, a four out of 10 for my voice acting score. Yep, I gave it the exact same score for the exact same reason. Four out of ten. Uh, unfortunately, the villains uh, didn't do much, and in fact, at some points, I felt like hurt uh, the episode overall. So, uh, yeah, brought brought it a, a point down from uh, what would have been a just a, a middle of the road score anyway. Agreed, Cal. All right. Well, that will bring us to our final scores here and tallying everything up. Looks like I have a final score of seventeen out of 40 and uh, i am uh just a few points lower because i really didn't enjoy the plot and i gave the lowest score for a plot that we've had in quite some time mm-hmm. uh, so i ended up with a final score of 15 out of 40 wow uh well <laughs> nope the answer is no we don't ever need to watch this again ironically i would just say the character of bucky does come back quite a oh, few times son of a gun in this series 
Are you kidding me? No, he becomes like a, a bit of an ally to uh, to to Z and and Ro as the series goes on. So, oh, no, um, he has at least a couple more appearances. So I don't know. I think for the series, yes, <laughs> it's a it's a one thumb up because yep. you want to know who this character was. Maybe I don't know. We reserve judgment. <laughs> I I still say throw this away. Oh, never man. ever ever just wipe it from existence. You know, the, any any platforms that uh, that that host this just need to be just delete it from the face of the earth. Let's just all sign an agreement together to get rid of this forever. I think that is a, I think that's more than fair. Um, yeah. So a begrudging one thumb up for the series <laughs> as far as the overarching DCAU. Of course, like everything else related to Zeta, it really doesn't matter. So. <laughs> Uh, that will begin to wrap us up here cal thank you everyone for listening if you are listening to this episode you are a a real trooper and uh, a true fan a man <laughs> amongst men <laughs> that's right we we appreciate it and uh like we said uh next time this uh the the zeta reviews come around we're kind of toying with a few options of where we can maybe knock a couple out in in one single episode of our show maybe a little less uh <laughs> a little less detail given but uh just kind of to to get through them because yes it, as you now like to throw back at me as a negative i was my <laughs> as we were discussing this podcast when uh when we were first starting it some almost five years ago cal uh we had the idea uh to to turn it not just into a batman the animated series podcast but a podcast covering the entire dcau and uh for better or worse as we keep saying the <laughs> project is part of that so we're gonna be uh kind of figuring some stuff out i think the next time zeta comes around but you know uh, what we could do i was just thinking mm -hmm. you know how like when a show back in the day you see back in the day kids there used to be uh, network television shows that would get uh, <laughs> full season ordered you know beginning of the season you get 13 episodes or 22 episodes of a show and then when the ratings hit the toilet inevitably except for a few shows like by October they would say shoot we nobody's watching this advertisers are upset but we still have these shows we gotta burn through them somehow so you know what they did they would dump them on like a Saturday night at like eight <laughs> clock when they knew absolutely no one was watching and they could still get some sort of ad revenue for them so maybe maybe we just quietly dump all of this on the uh, the pod tower one day we're just mm -hmm. like you know what we're folks we just dropped two full seasons the the rest <laughs> of the, the entire zeta project is up for you to listen to whenever you want to at your heart's desire uh because boy that uh that sounds like a novel idea because doing this every month or every <laughs> month is uh it's gonna be interesting i'll just say that uh yeah for sure cal and uh yeah so we will uh, as we said continue to experiment with that but of course cal as uh, as folks would know if you've looked at a calendar we've got one more saturday uh of course this month of july and that fifth Saturday, as always, means we are taking another trip around the multiverse. That is right, Liam. And uh, we will be reviewing a series that we have never reviewed before. So while you have your thinking caps out here, like, what could that possibly be? Nope, not Super Friends. Nope, not Teen Titans Go. 
Nope, not the 1970s Batman filmation series. <laughs> nope, those are still uh, still hanging out somewhere in the background. No, we are going to break into the very popular and exciting Harley Quinn animated series, a uh, formerly of the, the DC Universe app, the wonderful DC Universe <laughs> app, and now, of course, streaming on the HBO Max app. And uh, it is uh, it's due to come back here for its uh, its latest season here and not in just a few a uh, few weeks, I believe. So uh, we'll be reviewing the very first episode of that series, which is titled Till Death Do Us Part. That is right, Cal. Can't wait to break into that. Obviously, it's a show with a lot of fans. Uh, I think I have seen this pilot episode, but it's been a couple years because I think I maybe watched it when it first debuted. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to uh, watching it with fresh eyes and seeing a uh, an alternate take on, on a character that's obviously very important to the DCAU because that is, of course, where her origins come from. So it'll be fun to tackle that with you next week. Of course, that is next week, though. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening, whether you do so on Apple or Google Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, there's, uh, if you do listen on Spotify, we actually have uh, like some special poll questions that are exclusive to that app. So if you listen there, you can uh, give us a little nudge there and let us know. You can head to our website, dcaureview.com. You can find our store there. You could uh, pick yourself up a hat or a mug or a sticker or something like like that if you would like to support us financially uh but again a free way to support us is definitely as we already talked about subscribe to the pod tower on youtube uh, subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice and if if that app allows you to leave reviews or give us five stars please do that as well uh, we always appreciate that feedback from you you can also follow us at DCAU Review on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, same username, both places. We always look forward to discussing things like, yeah, there's not usually a lot of Zeta discussion, unfortunately, but uh, we always, uh, <laughs> we appreciate the few that do uh, that do reach out to us about our episodes and, and what they would like to hear us cover next. So uh, please uh, continue to do so on those socials. Can't wait to tackle the Harley Quinn animated series next week. But until then, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the DCAU Review. Adios.